Chapter 4, Part 12 of Famous Stories Every Child Should Know. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Famous Stories Every Child Should Know, edited by Hamilton Wright Maybe. Chapter 4, Part 12, Undine, by Friedrich Baron de Lamotte Folk. Part Twelve, How They Left the Imperial City. There was certainly much to displease the Lord of Ringstetten in the events of this day, and yet he could not look back upon them without feeling proud of the guileless truth and the generosity of heart shown by his lovely wife. If indeed her soul was my gift, thought he, it is nevertheless much better than my own. And he devoted himself to the task of soothing her grief and determined he would take her away the next morning from a spot now so full of bitter recollections. They were mistaken, however, in thinking that she had lost in the eyes of the world by this adventure, so prepared were the minds of the people to find something mysterious in her, that her strange discovery of Bertalda's origin scarcely surprised them, while on the other hand everyone had heard of Bertalda's history and of her passionate behavior was moved with indignation. Of this the knight and Undine were not aware, nor would it have given them any comfort, for she was still as jealous of Bertalda's good name as of her own. Upon the whole they had no greater wish than to leave the town without delay. At daybreak next morning Undine's chariot was in readiness at the door, and the steeds of Holdbrand and of his squires stood around it, pawing the ground with impatience. As the knight led his fair bride to the door, a fishing-girl accosted them. "'We want no fish,' said Huldbrand. "'We are just going away.' The girl began to sob bitterly, and then they recognized her as Bertalda. They immediately turned back into the house with her, and she said that the Duke and Duchess had been so incensed at her violence the day before as to withdraw their protection from her though not without giving her a handsome allowance. The fisherman, too, had received a liberal gift, and had departed that evening with his wife to return to the promontory. I would have gone with them, she continued, but the old fisherman, whom they call my father, and so he is Bertalda, interrupted Undine, he is your father, for the man you saw at the fountain told me how it is. He was trying to persuade me that I had better not take you to Ringstetten, and he let drop the secret. Well, then, said Bertalda, my father, if so it must be, my father said, You shall not live with us until you are an altered creature. Take courage and come across the haunted forest to us, and that will show you sincerely wish to belong to your parents. But do not come in your finery. Be like what you are, a fisherman's daughter and I will do as he bids me, for the whole world has forsaken me, and I have nothing left but to live and die humbly in a poor hut, alone with my lowly parents. I do dread the forest very much. They say it is full of grim spectres, and I am so timid. But what can I do? I came here only to implore the Lady of Ringstetten's pardon for my rude language yesterday. I have no doubt you meant what you did kindly, noble dame, but you little knew what a trial your words would be to me, and I was so alarmed and bewildered that many a hasty, wicked word escaped my lips. Ah, forgive me, 
forgive me i am unhappy enough already only consider what i was yesterday morning even at the beginning of your feast and what i am now her words were lost in a flood of bitter tears and undine equally affected fell weeping on her neck it was long before her emotion would let her speak at length she said you shall go to ringstetten with us all shall be as we had settled it before only call me undine again and not lady and noble dame you see we began by being exchanged in our cradles our lives have been linked from that hour and we will try to bind them so closely that no human power shall sever us come with us to ringstetten and all will be well we will live like sisters there trust me for arranging that bertalda looked timidly at huldbrand the sight of this beautiful forsaken maiden affected him he gave her his hand and encouraged her kindly to trust herself to him and his wife as to your parents said he we will let them know why you do not appear and he would have said much more concerning the good old folks but he observed that bertalda shuddered at the mention of them and therefore dropped the subject he gave her his arm placed first her and then undine in the carriage and rode cheerfully after them he urged the drivers on so effectually that they very soon found themselves out of sight of the city and beyond the reach of sad recollections and the two ladies could fully enjoy the beautiful country through which the road wound along after a few days traveling they arrived one sunny evening at the castle of ringstetten its young lord had much business with his steward and laborers to occupy him so that undine was left alone with bertalda they took a walk on the high ramparts of the castle and admired the rich swabian landscape which lay far and wide around them a tall man suddenly came up with a courteous obeisance and bertalda could not help thinking him very like the ominous man of the fountain the likeness struck her still more when upon an impatient and even menacing gesture of undine's he went away with the same hasty step and shake of the head as before do not be afraid dear bertalda said undine the ugly man shall not harm you this time after which she told her whole history beginning from her birth and how they had been exchanged in their earliest childhood at first her friend looked at her with serious alarm she thought undine was possessed by some delirium but she became convinced it was all true as she listened to the well-connected narrative which accounted so well for the strange events of the last months besides which there is something in genuine truth which finds an answer in every heart and can hardly be mistaken she was bewildered when she found herself one of the actors in a living fairy tale and as wild a tale as any she had read she gazed upon undine with reverence but could not help feeling a chill thrown over her affection for her and that evening at supper time she wondered at the knight's fond love and familiarity towards a being whom she now looked upon as rather a spirit than a human creature. End of chapter 4, part 12.